All right, y'all. So we are back with another episode of Young Mom's Perspective. It has been so long since I've done the podcast and that's on me. That's okay. So we need to change the battery in our smoke alarm. However, it's all the way like we have vaulted ceilings in here and it's all the way up like on the ceiling. So KB is going to have to get up there and get on the ladder and stuff because I'm not doing it. But don't mind that. It will go off for this episode, unfortunately. But I'm excited to be back. Um, Yeah, like I said, haven't done the podcast in a minute. Um, A lot of it... (laughs) That's going to be so annoying. A lot of it was time and not having like the time, but also it was so much going on, y'all. Like the second second half of my pregnancy got real rough real quick. Um, so when I was 32 weeks, I found out that my baby was being diagnosed um, in utero with hypoplastic left heart syndrome. And that is something where the left ventricle of the heart is either moderately or um, like significantly smaller than the right ventricle. And it basically won't allow blood to pump to the parts of the body that the left heart is supposed to pump blood to. Um, So, I ended up having to do like three fetal echoes um, up until, you know, it was time for baby to be born. And it honestly seemed like every single appointment I went to, like they was just, and I get it, it's their job to prepare you. But at the same time, it kind of felt like they was like scaring me into making a decision about either not um they use the term comfort care where they was basically telling me like yana was gonna have to have three separate surgeries to fix what was going on with her heart and it was like okay well you can choose to do these surgeries or you can choose to not do anything at all and whatever happens happens and i was like and we're not doing that um so i got stressed out like i was really stressed the last few weeks of my pregnancy, um, I was feeling kind of defeated because, I mean, of course, like as a mom, you always want what's best for your kids. And I didn't know if it was something that I did that, you know, caused her to have this condition or I I not know what was going on. So I, I just kind of I shut down a little bit, didn't really want to do much I wasn't posting about my pregnancy as much and the other part about that I didn't want to speak like that 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 was something that was going on with her and put that into the universe and allow like other people on my platforms to see that and like just run with it because one um you know me and KB we was not accepting that at all um And although, like, I was very sad about what was going on, like, I feel like it made me grow in my faith for real, because at that point, there was nothing that I could do but pray. Like, I had to just give it up to God. Like, all right, I don't know what's going on, but I know you have already written this story. So 
however stuff is gonna unfold you know i'm giving it to you i'm gonna let you handle it you got us so that's kind of how that went and um you never know like people's intentions people can be weird and like really weird when it comes to kids so i definitely didn't want nobody knowing about what was going on with my baby outside of like our immediate family and stuff um people that i knew that were praying to god specifically praying to jesus christ that was kind of where i was at with like i didn't really want too many people knowing what was going on with my baby because i don't know who you could be praying to and my children are so sacred to me and i i i hold them with so much like i i gotta protect them so yeah it was it was something that i didn't really want to share so i wasn't really posting on my workout videos i had stopped with the podcast it was just like you know i had to mentally kind of reconfigure my brain and that's the crazy thing about motherhood like you always got to be in a space where you just like something gets thrown at you and you're like all right i gotta adjust so <laughs> if this whole situation has taught me anything baby I have learned how to adjust and get myself back together. But um, yeah, so back to the hypoplastic left heart syndrome. So it is something that requires three different surgeries. Something, surgery one usually happens within like the first two weeks of life. Surgery two, when the baby is three to six months and then surgery three, when the baby is like one to three years old. So I was scared. I was very, very scared. Um, but at the same time, it was like faith and fear can't coexist. So like Kyle had to keep reminding me like, okay, like I understand that you feel how you feel. And no, I'm not carrying the baby. I don't understand exactly how you feel. But if we praying, you know, we got to let God handle it and not be in our feelings kind of. So, yeah. Um yeah yeah so they were doing the echoes and fast forward to week 37 yeah around week 37 it was like they were trying to decide whether or not they were going to induce me and it was like a bit of back and forth um, I had one last fetal echocardiogram and that's when they basically put the little ultrasound thing on your belly and they are trying to look at baby's heart through you. So it's like a lot of meat <laughs> in between what they need to look at. And yeah, so it just based on what they saw at that echo, they were like, oh, well, we think it would be best for you to be induced at 39 weeks and that didn't um it pissed me off not gonna lie because you yes you're 39 being 39 weeks you are considered full-term but at the same time you know with my firstborn he went past his due date and I had a feeling that she, she might have come a little bit earlier but it definitely wasn't gonna be at 39 weeks um and 
I mean, that's a whole story time in itself. Like, it, I just, I, they forced my body to do something that it wasn't ready to do. And it was a lot of uncomfortable stuff that went on. Um, so, yeah, uh, they made the decision to induce me. I was going to be induced at 39 weeks. And that was... Um, the conclusion because they didn't know if she was going to have to have surgery or not and they wanted to make sure that everything was going to kind of flow in a way where instead of me going into labor naturally um and then people not be in place for if she needed surgery and just wanted to be prepared which I can understand and like halfway appreciate but at the same time you know still very uh it was still a very uncomfortable thing so um let's move into the actual induction part so i'm gonna do a video on my youtube of kind of my experience with having a natural birth and versus the induction because <laughs> baby it it, it I mean, both experiences were painful, but one was a lot more painful. So, yes, I'm going to be posting that on my YouTube, but I just want to briefly explain what the induction part was. And, you know, obviously my baby is here now. Um, she did not need surgery. Praise God. All glory to him. Because, I mean, yeah, it, it was a lot. So... Fast forward, I am 39 weeks. Um, they scheduled my induction for a Wednesday night with the hopes that baby would get here Thursday morning. Um, so I went into the hospital December 28th. They started me on, um, like, you know, just the, the regular IVs. Uh, I don't even know what it is, but it's supposed to help keep you hydrated. So started me on that and then um that was probably around 10 o'clock they came back in the room at midnight and put a balloon folly up there and that is supposed to help ripen and like dilate your cervix so at my 38 week doctor checkup I was already one centimeter dilated so when I got to the hospital they put the balloon in um that like them putting the balloon in shifted me to two centimeters that was super uncomfortable one thing you got to know about being in the hospital it's going to be non-stop people just shoving their fingers in you and it's really i don't want to use profanity it's really sucky to have somebody just violate you like that because they don't know like past experiences that you might have had or how that can even like just affect your overall experience of giving birth so thumbs down for that it was ugh, very annoying um so they put the balloon in and they fill it with a saline solution and that makes the balloon expand and it's supposed to start contractions and help your um service to dilate so i stayed with the balloon in until the next morning until about like six and they finally um like the balloon had they pulled the balloon out or whatever and that had got me all the way dilated to four centimeters 
So at that point, that was when they started me on Pitocin. And Pitocin is a drug that is supposed to medically like start contractions and kind of get them just to come more frequently. Um, So again, forcing my body to do something that it was not ready to do. Uh, You get the Pitocin and they had started increasing my Pitocin every like two units every 30 minutes and at that point I was kind of over it like my contractions weren't coming the way that they wanted them to obviously because my body was not ready um so they just kept pushing the Pitocin higher and higher and higher by the time I got to 13 units um my body just kind of like it it went into shock a little bit because my contractions had start coming so fast that like I, I was in a whole different space. Like I, I really couldn't take it no more. Um, and I ended up having to get an epidural. <laughs> and for those of you that are new here, I am um, somebody that gave birth to an eight pound baby naturally with no medication. I did it at home. I had a water birth. It was a very beautiful experience. So to come from that to have to endure all of what I did when I was in the hospital, it was a very poor experience. Um, Extremely sad about having to have, having to have gotten the epidural because it just, it made me feel defeated, like I couldn't do what my body was made to do. And I start crying while they were doing it because I just I could not believe that I had allowed myself to just give in like that. And I went in there with the birth plan of not having any drugs and being able to do it. But when your body is put under stress like that, it's. I just I knew that I had to do what was going to be best for me and best for the baby. And with me being in distress, how I was, I was going to send baby into distress because my heart rate kept jumping up super high. Um, Like I was getting extremely hot, like feverish type hot. I was throwing up like it, it just it wasn't a safe situation no more. And I needed a little bit of rest to be able to try and push when it came time for me to actually deliver her. Um, So, (laughs) yeah. So with um, with the induction part, that was a lot. Um, Oh, shoot. I'm sorry, y'all. I skipped over the part that they put this. it, It literally looks like a crochet hook. They stuck that um in my cervix and manually broke my water and after they did that that was when everything kind of like fast-tracked and I was just like all right bro like I can't do this no more let's get my baby here because y'all keep sticking stuff in me hands things to break my water stuff to expand my cervix like it's at at that point it became so intolerable to be in the hospital setting that I was ready to do whatever I needed to to get my baby earthside so that they could see that guy had already performed a miracle on her heart that she was fine and we could go home. So (laughs) it 
was a lot. It really was a lot. Um, like I said, I'll be doing a whole story time on specific stuff that happened during my induction versus how things went when I had my natural water birth. This was just like a brief overview of where I've been, what's been going on, and everything that had taken place in the time that we have not spent together. <laughs> so that's how that happened. Um, in total, I probably pushed for maybe like 20 minutes. So timeline, I got there. Um, that's, and that's the other part. They were supposed to induce me, um, a lot. <sighs> I mean, admit me, not induce me. Um, they told me to be there at six o'clock. We get there. No, I'm sorry. They told me to be there at 5.30. We get there at 6 o'clock. It's a waiting room full of pregnant people talking about, oh, we just had an influx of moms that just went into labor today, blah, blah. And because you're getting induced, you're technically not an emergency. I said, oh, okay, well, y'all need to hurry up and find me a room because otherwise I'm going home. This induction will not happen and my water is going to break by itself and then I'll come to y'all. So ended up getting me into a room two hours later so by the time that I actually got in bed it was nine o'clock they started the drugs at midnight then came back not the drugs they started the balloon at midnight did that for about six hours 6 a.m they start pitocin and fast forward to five-ish I'm ready to push. I push for about 10, 15 minutes and baby is here at 5, 16 p.m. Um, they immediately snatched her away from me. I didn't get the golden hour moment of holding my baby to me after I was born. They ripped my placenta away from me took it wherever they took it for quote unquote genetic testing. Um, they really only let us see her for about 10 minutes before rushing her off to a different part of the hospital. And I'm about to cry thinking about all of this. Cause I, I'm, yeah, it was, it was really, it was a lot. Um, rushed her off before, anybody could hold her or anything like that they put a whole bunch of tubes in her and then took her to children's hospital where we ended up spending in total nine days at the NICU all for it to <laughs> reveal itself that even though her heart was a little bit smaller on one side, she was perfectly fine. <laughs> Sorry for the long pause, but imagine having had all of that happen for your baby to be fine crazy right but all glory to god that 
she's here she's healthy everything with her is fine and from this experience we've learned one thing that God is always in control and try as they might you know doctors they will um say that they're doing the best that they can do but ultimately God has the final say so <laughs> and um that's that's how that went so yeah um baby spent nine days in the NICU there was some challenges there because they were trying to say that you know they were seeing signs of an infection and all this other stuff because once her once her heart wasn't a problem anymore then it was like oh well she has an infection we gotta da 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 it was just it, it was a lot it, it really was a lot and that's the way that like our healthcare system is set up and it's so much fear-mongering and it'll make you think that you know it's just a whole bunch of stuff going on um but you know I mean I, I I'm just happy that my baby is here she's at home she's healthy she's happy she's growing like a weed she was born eight pounds nine ounces yes I pushed out an eight pound nine ounce baby and now she is 10 and a half pounds so my baby is growing she had no problem um latching with breastfeeding so she's doing really really well um and now I am back in a space where I am more comfortable with sharing what went on with us what's going on currently how she's progressing because you know we made it through that storm with you know again all glory, all glory to God that we made it out of that. Um, Cause he truly, um, and I told the main uh, heart doctor that we were working with while we were there. I told her, I said, if, you know, if nobody in here believed in God before, she is a walking testimony. Because to go from thinking that my baby was going to need three surgeries to walking out of the, I mean, she wasn't walking, but walking out of there with no surgery and after uh her first her first uh pediatric cardiology follow-up they are now very surprised because the left side of her heart is almost identical to the right side so what was initially a hypoplastic left heart diagnosis is now showing itself that you know god can fix anything or any label that you know they try and throw out there so just wanted to share that with you guys um give you a little bit of information about what was going on what took place with baby and there will be a story time like a full story time with all of the details of um you know natural birth versus induction and things like that um just to give a little more insight for people that want to know specifics about certain stuff. Um, so for my watchers on YouTube, be sure to like, comment, share, subscribe. If you have any specific questions or want to know more about something specifically, please drop it in the comment section below. I would love to answer it for you because this is going to be a... Um, this, is, this is something that I feel like people need to know about um and definitely come with questions because 
there's so much that you don't know going into that situation of having a hospital birth. And there's a lot of things that won't be told to you unless you ask questions. So please come with questions if you guys have um Anything that you want to know more about specifically, drop that in the comment section as well. For my people on the podcast, as always, thank you for tuning in, being here with me on this journey of motherhood. I am now a mommy of two under two, and boy, it is a wild ride, but I'm loving every minute of it. I'm enjoying my babies being able to, you know, grow with them because I'm 23, (laughs) So I am a younger mom and, um, you know, it's, it is a challenge a little bit growing up with your kids, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. So as always, peace, love and blessings to you guys. Thank you for being here. I enjoy, you know, sharing my experiences with you in the hopes that it can be beneficial to somebody else. So again, Like, comment, share, subscribe for my people on YouTube, for my people on the podcast. Please share with another mom or mom-to-be. And that is going to be it for today. I am signing off. Again, peace, love, and blessings to you all.